Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I am your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host and tea aficionado, Kevin Gallagher. <laughs> my fucking little today, La Crusette teapot here just to show oh, you how tough shoot. I am. <laughs> I, buy the, I buy the good shit. That's some bougie. That's bougie. a bougie teapot right very, there. Very, very bougie. That's like Imperial China right there. <laughs> and we are joined by two people that uh, that hate my guts, and I can't stand them either. In fact, I don't know why they're here. They're probably just going to make fun of me the whole time. Because we need, none uh, of us have anything else better to do. So <laughs> yeah, I figured. I figured this is the ke- take a pound of flesh from Kevin today. This Kevin, not that Kevin. Because uh, we're just trying to stay sane. These are two of my uh, good buddies, uh, training partners, and absolute word, world beaters. Uh, both coming off of really high finishes on the uh, the IBJJF uh, qualifiers, was it? Or was it? Nogi Worlds. It was Nogi, it was Nogi Worlds, yeah. Uh, blue belt, Bobby Andrews, and purple belt, Ruben Blanco, uh, both at the Hive Martial Arts Academy. How you fellas doing today? Trick question. You're doing terribly. I'm bored out of my mind. Damn, Kevin. I'm sorry, Bobby. Bobby, Bobby, I'm just mad at you because you got a good beard. And everybody here can grow a good beard except for me. <laughs> just take all that pastor you have and like shave and put it on your face. That's what Bobby does. Kevin, once you get past puberty, you'll be able to grow one. I I swear I, I can't beat you in grappling, so I'm gonna hit you with my car. That's uh, like that's that's my like, car's bigger, so <laughs> I, my Jeep could probably take your car. I'm I'm uh, gonna go ahead and say actually. So this is, I mean I got a nice big bumper on mine, so you know I don't know. Man, you're I now I'm scared of, now I'm just scared because now I don't know if my car can beat yours. But this is just a another check-in episode, a pretty casual, just to see how the common BJJ man is doing in this absolute <laughs> dire time. Kev, let's start with you. How is your? How was? How have you been since the last episode? I mean, I haven't been doing a whole lot. I've been still laying around the house. I got my mats at the house. I throw them down on the ground and I stretch a little bit, and then I do my little uh, workout routine. I, I one of the guys that I used to train with gave me access to a. Uh, a steel mace. So I've been doing steel mace workouts with that and just doing everything I can to at least, you know, find a little time to, 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 to do something and get something. in. I mean, most of it's just laying around in bed, playing video games and watching TV. But, um, I went the the idea of you with a, a metal mace. I don't think. Oh, he's, he's, <laughs> I don't think. Oh, he's staying in shape. I think. Oh man, he's gonna try taking over Tampa. Right. I'm training. Gonna, <laughs> Apocalypse training. He's just gonna <laughs> see how many, how much of his of Tampa Bay he could take over as a sort of warlord with a mace. I would be. A, I think I would be a kind and caring warlord, though. I I would I would definitely rule with an iron fish, but it would be. Um, it would be through uh, through kindness. I think. I, I think I would. I would. I would want what's best for the common man and fight for that as much as I possibly could. You would try. You would stay out of their way. All you want to do is to chill and play Red Dead Redemption. I just, I just want to be alive. I just want. I just want everyone to be okay. I want. I want to play my Red Dead Redemption. I want to be left alone. I want to be able to go do jujitsu every once in a while. All right. I already know the answer to this, but Ruben, what kind of warlord will you be once everything everything goes tits up? Kill them all. Ah, <laughs> <there we> go. <laughs> I don't see myself as a warlord, more like a king or royalty of some sort. But eh, oh my God. as long as everybody just you know trains jujitsu and has fun, I don't give a shit. 
So mandatory jujitsu in your in your different provinces is what I'm hearing. Yes, 100%. Man- mandatory should be in school right now, mandatory. <laughs> I that's something we've actually talked about. There's there's like some schools I know in Canada and I think there was even one in Florida that that has a ju- like a, a high school jujitsu club, not wrestling, but like I mean, I mean in, in in Dubai they have the jujitsu is almost a national sport in Dubai. They teach it in the schools, they teach it everywhere. So that's Bobby, why a lot of it's in high demand. A lot of big black belts go ready to go teach. Do you think that that's man? It's it's weird, Bobby. As someone who's currently in the the education system, how would you feel about like mandated jujitsu? I would be stoked because then I could just wreck everyone in high school, and I would rule them all. <laughs> You would people would realize that you should be the cool kid. But... Yeah. It's the only way I'm gonna make it up to the top. Are you talking about uh, having jujitsu retrospectively, or you're talking about having jujitsu in high schools right now, where you could be a 24 year old man beating up on the high school kids when you go back to teach? It? Or does it matter? I think I would love to just go back. Well, I didn't have high. I didn't have jujitsu in high. Like I only got into it when I was in college. Bobby is currently. Actually, Kevin, how old do you think Bobby is? Bobby, I know Bobby. Bobby's the one that you've talked about that uh, yeah. that that takes forever to eat and is a uh, he's he's fi- <laughs> he's fifteen with a full beard, right? I, yeah. I, so I know I know how old Bobby is. You're right. I, now now it's making now it's clear to me now. So. Yeah, he actually, uh, as we broke the story on this podcast that he started the coronavirus. <laughs> so right. everybody in the world of jujitsu, uh, this is a highly accredited publication, the Jujitsu Times. It's his fault. This guy right over here. This beard. You got the he pointing right. See, because I'm I'm I off. I would I had to like you 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 practice that. That's impressive. I, I, I think about it all the time. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, Bobby, Bobby, good. tell tell us what it's like to eat bat. What what's the flavor profile? Is it a... I got I, I gotta say it's much more the more delicious uh, delicate foods. <laughs> little little yeah, little yeah, on the gamey side. <laughs> yeah, a little, a little bit. It's hard to find, you know. Uh, they only have like one soup, which is why I think I spreaded it all. Now, how much? Now, how much garlic is too much garlic in bat soup? Like, are we talking just a pinch? Or There's is it like... never too much garlic. Uh, you can put a whole thing of garlic in there, and you, you wouldn't even taste it. You, you I... got you got to kill the you got to kill the pandemic taste. So you just add as much spice as you possibly can. Yeah, you don't want that that Corona just tasting yeah. in there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It's just this is truly signs of 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 going stir crazy, folks. I I hope you don't hold it against us too bad. But but yeah, Bobby, we've like we've talked about this just in uh, conversation after you're done kicking my ass. But like you're like secretly like a ninja at school. Like no one is really aware of the fact that you're this high level competitor. Actually, I'm pretty sure everyone knows. Yeah, I'm sure. And I'm sure everybody knows. Fault. No, but do they? Do they, do they know what that means? Like, do they get what jujitsu is? Or no, a lot of people just think it's like karate. Yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> but everybody I knows I can beat them up. They're not really aware of the depth of uh, jujitsu's uh, self-defense prowess. Yeah, they just think of it as like, oh, it's just a karate kid. And they they still don't really understand. Yeah, no like their own mortality at that point. There's something to be said about that too that jiu-jitsu teaches you and it's it's Joe Rogan talks about it a lot. He talks about it on that that uh you see that little like clip he put out that talks about like how jiu-jitsu and muay thai and like those are real fighting skills. And part of the thing that makes again what makes jiu-jitsu so great is is the fact that it really makes you understand what violence really is and 
a lot of the world think they know what violence is, but they don't really understand what a true violent encounter is like. And, and when they and when they have when one happens, they're like, "Oh fuck, this is this is the reality of things." <laughs> I, don't know. I, I don't know where I was going I, with that. I think that's funny, just because like that that sort of reminds me of this one time in college that I almost got to be in a fight, and I was so excited <laughs> because I was like, it was I was like eight months into being a white belt. And I didn't think I was any good, but I just I loved rolling. And I I got woken up in the middle of the night outside, like, and mm. I looked down. I was on the second floor of my uh, my apartment building, and I saw a bunch of other college kids were like wrestling in the grass in the back, like, of my apartment. And that guy ran downstairs. I'm like, hey, can I like you guys like what's what's the format here? <laughs> what what are we doing? And they're just yeah, like, we're just wrestling. We're just wrestling. And I'm like, can I wrestle? Like, or, or can I can I tap in? Can I sub in? And someone said, "Nah, he trains UFC." And I'm like, "Okay, I don't. That's not true. That's there's a lot wrong with that sense." But it's unfair, I guess. Was the the point of the matter is, is it's unfair to them, so they don't want to mess with you. I mean, like it's, but it's weird though, and like a lot of people still see it. Like Bobby, there's probably some people that think you train UFC or something. Yeah, yeah a lot of people think I'd train like other stuff. I'm like, no, it's jujitsu. That's interesting. So tell me, tell me a little bit what it's like for you in a high school setting with these. I mean, do you, because I feel like personally that a lot of it goes either way. Like when I'm, cause I, I, I bartend, I work at a bar and I bounce at a bar and shit like that. And most people know that I am, you know, a jujitsu world champion and cause I'd make sure and fucking tell everybody. <laughs> I never shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> but, you shut up but, about it exactly one time. And that right. was when we had Roxanne. On yeah. Well, like... You know I mean? I always say I laugh about it. I, I enjoy it because it's fun. You know, it'll, it'll get me a date here and there, but, uh, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's a master's three, uh, you know, brown belt world champion master two brown belt world championship but whatever it's still a world championship but the point <laughs> of the matter is is that i generally have two different reactions to people when they find out that i train or i'm a high level competitor and, and the first one is usually like oh shit like a feeling of this person is you know a bad person is tough and we should you know be cool around it and and understand because i'm also a nice person i don't think i'm a dick you know what i mean like i don't put i don't i don't make that out i don't go out there to make people feel like um this bad person but on the other side of it there are also people out there that are like oh oh you're one of them ufc guys huh oh what do you think you're tough like well well you know i'm, I'm, I'm from the street what would you do if i did this what would you do if i did that what do you what do you feel like that is like for you on a daily basis on that level like at a high school level honestly i don't get like people threatening me that much with it a lot of people just like are afraid of me right um which is weird to me <laughs> but it should be <laughs> but, yeah you should be but and but that's my sister's fault she went and told literally everybody i could beat everybody up i'm like hey, thanks, for, thanks for ruining that for me but um usually like when i tell people that i train they think it's weird like people just like have the reaction of like that's weird. What even is that? And I don't know. I'm just like you know, jujitsu. Learn it. It's cool. Do you, do you feel like you get? And this is again one of the reasons why I talk about why I feel self or jujitsu is an effective self defense, particularly for kids. I mean, you're not necessarily a kid, but you're kind of 
you know, in that adolescent stage, you know, people are old enough now to kind of like, you don't, you're not having kids like bully you and shit as much anymore. I mean, it happens, but not on the same scale as it would in like an elementary school setting. But do you feel like because you have this aura of confidence about yourself that you tend to avoid fights and fights tend to kind of go away from you or altercations tend to go away from you because you're just confident in the fact that you can defend yourself? Oh, 100%. I've only almost gotten to fight once. And the whole time, like, the kid went around telling everybody he could fight me and everything. And I was like, okay, whatever, man. I walked up to the kid. I'm like, so I heard you're going to fight me. And the kid immediately backed down. Right. He was like, no, no, man, I would never do that. I've never. But generally, I don't, I never start fights. I don't go around, like, acting like, oh, you want to, you have a problem with me? Let's fight. Like, or, or even, even concern yourself with, people that are concerned about talking trash about how they can kick your ass or, or different. The, the point I'm trying to make is the confidence that you gain from, from training martial arts as opposed to the actual application of it. Cause honestly, in, in the application of, it, yeah, you could kick that dude's ass. But yeah. the point is, is because you're confident in that fact. Now the fight doesn't occur because you don't have any desire or care to prove anything to any person like that. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I don't like like not the government say um like people don't like I have a lot of confidence in the fact that um like I know I can do what I know I know what I'm doing. So when people like say around and they go around and say that they can fight me, I don't really bother with it. I don't really mention it to anybody. So like I don't start anything with fights and stuff. So yeah, it's I see that a lot. And and again, I'm I'm only bringing this back to tie into correlations because that's something that particular i mean it, it never goes away because I, I again i work with grown-ass men all the fucking time and once you start adding alcohol to it to the equation there's still a bunch of fucking idiots and retards and then you know, they get a little alcohol in them and they think oh you know what maybe maybe kevin ain't so tough maybe maybe i can maybe i can get up in his face maybe i maybe i don't have to listen to what he has to say he, he shaved the beard he's not that yeah tough right, right exactly now. exactly but the <laughs> the point i'm the point i'm trying to make with this is that that you know, even at a young age, like learning that confidence in yourself is, you know, is a deterrent. So learning how to fight in effect keeps you from having to fight because now you don't have to, you don't have to fuck with shit. Like one of the things that I find most, and you, you made the, you made the, the, the comparison to say that the kid wanted to, wanted to fight you and you came up to him and said, Hey, all right, let's do this thing. Like I, in my altercations, when I have situations where I have to throw somebody at a bar and they're in my face and they're screaming and hollering, like because I have the confidence to not escalate the situation, I literally I can I can end fights almost with my mind sometimes just by giving them the idea of saying, "Hey, man, like you know, like you shouldn't do this because you know I am an I am a freaking enforceable person and I am." a trained person and i do that just by looking at them with confidence I and saying, hey dude like we can do this but like you probably don't want to and i don't really care if we do it or not but if you do come at me i'm gonna have to protect myself i'm gonna clip this part of the episode and make it a story on jjt saying <laughs> kevin gallagher believes in no touch nods like she <laughs> sent it to mcdojo like, like <laughs> this guy abandons jujitsu and he just thinks he can knock people out with his mind <laughs> It's funny, man. I I think a lot of that that fucking chi mindset comes from things like that too. Comes. From I just before Bushido like before we move on, I just yeah. wanted to say Ruben has a very similar story wherein 
you, you were talking that one time about how you were on a date and some some a whole table oh, of people God. tried to mess with you. <laughs> uh, let me sit up for this one. Yeah, man. Get, get comfortable. Could you, actually point, could you point the camera a little bit away from the the glare, just because we can't really see? Yeah, if you if you turn if if there's any way you can turn like with the yeah with the with the window facing you, oh, you just went to another. You went right to another window. Could you just check, close the shade? Like it's just, really like, not that big of a deal. You if die, you Kevin. <laughs> get in a house tour right now. I just want to see you walk around. I'm actually next to the lighting was fine. I'm just enjoying this. <laughs> um, I'm enough, so it's uh, it was actually funny. Went out with a friend of mine. We haven't talked in years. We went out to like this bougie bar, you know, wine bar in um, in uh, Long Branch, in New Jersey. How old are you, by the way? Just before we get into this, I'll be 39 in two weeks. Uh, all right, you're an old ass man, just like me. So you're, yeah. you're wise. You're you're wise too. Maybe not so no, wise that we get the no. idea. Kevin, stop it. Not wise. Not wise. Kevin, is not wise. No, you're not going to – Bobby, back me up on this. He doesn't get to say that. You don't get <laughs> yeah, to say you, that. You, you don't want to say that. Well, let's, let's hear the story first. Let's hear the story first. So, so we're out, and um, you know, we were drinking since about like 7, and it's about like midnight now. And I go to the bathroom, I come back, and uh, another friend of mine happened to be there. And basically, yo, your friend's drunk. She probably take her home, whatever. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. So we're walking outside, and there's these three kids smoking. And, you know, she, like, points at them. She's like, you, 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 and you, you're ruining your lives. You're ruining mine, this and that. I, like, grab my hip. I'm like, all right, let's just keep walking. No big deal. And all I hear is, yeah, that's right. Control your bitch. And I'm like, ah, oh, did you really? <laughs> but I turn over. I'm like, all right, well, now I have to, you know, be a grown-ass man. I have to talk to these, like, little hipsters. There's, like, three of them. So I walk up to them, and I may have said some, you know, over adult things that I probably shouldn't have said. And like the two guys next to him, like, just like, I got, I got in this kid's face. I'm like, listen, man, like I was pretty harsh about it. The way I said it pretty much just fucking saying like, you know, I'll, you know, take him, shove him up your ass and shove his head up his ass. <laughs> you know, one of you guys to human, like, you know, centipede. And like the two guys were like, yo, this guy's crazy. Let's just go. Let's just go. I'm like, yeah, guys. <laughs> Like I just by then I was just I wasn't in the mood. It was late. It was just like, you know, just like the comment was like so uncalled for. Like I was already like ten feet away. You didn't need to say it, you know. But like I, I felt like it didn't even like hit my mind. Like oh, there's three of them. There's one of me. Like I'm like yeah. It didn't even bother me because I knew the minute like I showed them like dude, I don't give a fuck. If there's three or three hundred of you. I wasn't gonna move. They all of a sudden like oh uh uh okay yeah let's just go back inside and you know. Go sip on some more like cider beer and mocktails and right. you know, thing. And that's yeah, that's that's the, that's the point, good. man. That's the point because like it's it's just it goes back to that fear of violence because like you know when you're doing jujitsu, granted we're not in a firefight and it's really not a real fight, but we're always we're simulating what real life violence is going to be like. Like jujitsu is a fucking violent when you're when you're training jujitsu, it's a violent exchange. Like you're going hard, full out, one hundred percent you know, against a struggling opponent that's trying to attack you in the same manner. Yeah. And like, people don't understand that. And when you present – and people like the posture. They like to be tough. And they like to, you know, want to show off in front of their friends because there's this, like, carnal desire to to to, to be an alpha. But, but when you show them, hey, man, like, I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah. I, you know, I – 
understand violence and I am going to impose my violence in you. And you know what? I might lose this fight, but I don't care. You know, people respect that. Most of the time they just walk away. Yeah. And let's say that that's pretty much what it was. Like it wasn't even the point of like, you know, it was one of those things like, yeah, I just want to somebody or, you know, like, Oh, you know, let me see if I can hit a bolo in the middle of a parking lot, you know, type of deal. It was just kind of like, it was uncalled for, like, don't be a dick because then, you know, said 90% of the people, they don't know what they're doing. And the minute it's not even about fighting, the minute you show them like right. scared of it, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, this guy's like not a pussy. Let's just Yeah, that's that's the key yeah. right there. It's not even about fighting. It's about showing, like, hey, bro, like I'm not the guy that's gonna argue and yell and scream. Like, I'm not here to like bang on my chest like a gorilla to scare you. Like, I'm gonna fuck you up. <laughs> and when people understand that, like that's that's what I tell people. Like when I when I'm in situations like that, like I don't, I'm not gonna argue with you. We're not gonna stand here. I'm not gonna freaking like get in my face and scream and holler. Like sometimes I will because I'm trying to make them understand I don't want to fight you. But at the end of the day, like you're know, like this shit's gonna go down, you know. And people respect that. And even, even if they don't think they do, there's somewhere inside their little pea brains they're little like freaking uh, lizard brains where they figure out danger and they may yell at you while they're walking away but they're definitely walking away i i think it also goes back to the fact that if if someone's willing to take it there they're not as prepared to even if they have a background in it they're not as prepared to fight as as you might be in order to stop them like there was that story a few years ago of this uh, olympic uh olympic i think it was either judo or wrestling Olympic medalist was in um I think it might have been in Seoul like like he was make he was at a bar just being belligerent and the bartender had to be the one to like tell him to stop and the bartender was a purple belt in jiu-jitsu and he ended up being able to like take this guy and submit him and and hold him so other people could get him out and it it goes to the fact like if you're if you're already being in a space and causing a problem you've already given up a lot of your mental wherewithal like you're not operating at 100 full clip like yeah. it doesn't matter like if you're if you're like a gracie if you're like a, a danaher guy like it doesn't matter what you do like even if you're a, a jujitsu killer you're out causing problems i feel like people are going to be able to to take care of you and keep the peace there there's it's funny you say that because there, there's a term that i use for that there, there's a strength in righteousness so in other words, like there's always something and it's not always the case because there are horrible people out there <laughs> that are dangerous people that go out and do horrible shitty things and with some the of them intent do and some so. of them, right and with the intent of doing shitty things. But there's always a right there's always a strength and a power to righteousness. So when there's a situation where there's obviously someone that is wrong and someone that is right in a situation, whether it be through alcohol, whether it be through whatever ridiculousness that ensued the confrontation there's always generally some not always but there's generally someone who is in the righteous manner and someone that is not and there's a power to that righteousness because when you're not right even though you don't think you do consciously there's a part of you that realizes that you are doing this not from a good place and that makes you weak and it makes you slow and i've noticed that 
because I fucking I'm an asshole too. I'm fuck. I like to pretend like I'm this righteous person, but I'm also a fucking dick. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I like I've been drunk. I had a fucking shaded. I was I was a little fuckhead back in the day. You know you know what I'm saying. So I've gone out and been that person that started shit for no reason, just because why the fuck not? And then when you realize you're doing it, there's always that fear in your mind of like, ah, fuck, dude, why did I make this thing happen? You know. So when uh, Bobby and and Ruben, whenever you guys rip a submission into me and i almost die do you feel like you're powered by righteousness as you're doing that like like this is the right thing to do that god wants me to do this 100 i think i'm making you a better person that's right oh, we're, 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 you, kevin. we're making you a better <laughs> person you. kevin <laughs> good answer Let's, for you. good answer good answer Let's, i feel like if i do that you won't tap the footlocks in competition <laughs> one day i'm gonna live that down right like i nope. feel like eventually it'll probably not nah man uh, we've you'll, you'll be on the podium at worlds as a black belt i'm like hey please be tapping a blue belt tournament to a footlock <laughs> no one to me. Like, I'll, like, I will ruin your one good moment <laughs> Instead of like, instead of placing the medal on my neck, they just sort of toss it to me. Like, yeah, you, you get it, but just like, get out of here. Like, we don't want to see you. How how long have you been a How long have you been a purple belt for, Ruben? I'm just curious. God, uh, four years now. Okay, so you can you can answer this question. I, you know, it, this is something that I'm I haven't I have an answer for this um, that I know simply because you know I'm a black belt. I've been training for fucking ever, so I I understand these these things. But I'm just curious from. You know, we have a blue belt. We have two blue belts. We have a purple belt. I'm curious from your perspective, some of the things you think differ or make you make you a purple belt, knowing what it was like being a blue belt, and based what 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 are some of the things that require are required of you to be a blue belt and why purple belt, why you are a purple belt now, and maybe you could give some advice to the two two blue belts here, or maybe even blue belts watching. I, I just want to specify, Bobby a is belt. a very right. like, skilled no. guy. I'm like the lowest guy here. But right I'll say that I'll say this, and it's it's a little bit different with 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 young kids that start up training all together. Because Bobby, I don't know how old are you, Bobby? Six, fifteen. Yeah, you 16. might you can't even get your purple belt until you're I think twenty. I think you got to be twenty to get a purple belt. Um, I don't or eighteen. I think it is. I think um, so like there are. <laughs> there are a lot of young 16-year-old blue belts that are fucking purple belts, brown belts, black belts. They just can't get that grade because they're not old enough. So you, you're kind of an exception to the rule. But based upon what I said, what do you think are some of the things that make you a purple belt and some of the things that blue belts could do to get to that next level? Uh, man, honestly, I, I feel like I'm probably the first and worst person to give any advice. Um so I've been I've been doing well, this for ten years you're, now. You're, you're a purple belt, so you're still an asshole. But I'm still concerned. Oh, yeah, no, I'm <laughs> I, I, want, I want your opinion on the matter anyway, so don't don't overthink it. <laughs> I mean, uh, honestly, just the only thing I could really say is just you know every day, just like you know, tell blue belts like, I mean, it, it's simple. I mean, I'm sure it sounds so cliche, but you know, either you go at the door, you know, show up, shut the fuck up, train, like you know, it just it happens all the time. Like I. For the longest time, I uh, I was obsessed with you know the next belt, the next belt, the next belt, and then uh, one day, kind of like it, it, you know, it wasn't fun for a while, and it became fun again, and then I just didn't care about anything other than training, and then learning, um, you know, and everybody goes to those ruts when you plateau, you're like, oh my god, my just suck, am I good? And then you know the next day, you're like, you know, the fucking greatest thing on the planet. Um, I said just honestly, just 
show up, don't give up. It's it sucks. I mean, that's why. What, what's the like? What's the stats? I think only three percent make it to black belt out of everybody who tries. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, it's it's. I think it's only three percent make it to purple belt. Actually, to tell you the truth, I think purple belt is 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 is, is toughest. Is the toughest belt of all to get. Then is it's it? less. It's almost almost one percent. It may be higher now, just because. I don't even know, honestly. From what I have heard, it's almost less than one percent get their black belt. It's three percent get to their purple belt. Is what I yeah. Heard. I heard you have a better chance of seeing like a serial killer on the street than you do like a jujitsu brown belt. Like right. it was like some crazy stat like that. I heard. Yeah, it, it really is true. You're yeah. you're 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 a rare case too because if you've been training, if you've been a brown a purple belt for four years, you're closely approaching that brown belt level, and I believe that. Once you get that third stripe, fourth stripe on your purple belt is when you really start to kind of understand what jujitsu really is. And you start to get away from that ego driven aspect of, you know, I want to tap this guy or I got tapped today. You're not keeping those scores in your mind because you realize that there's really more to jujitsu than that. And one of the things I heard you say that I thought was pretty cool was when you said, um, you know, just, just shut, just shut the fuck up. And that leads to one of the things that I like, cause I always say this all the time. Like I hate, I hate white belts. The only thing I hate, I hate worse than a white belt is blue. Belt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only thing I hate worse than a white belt is blue belt. And the reason being is because at least when you're a white belt, you know, you don't know shit. When you're a blue belt, you start to, you know, a little shit, but you start to think, you know, more than what you do now. And you, and you, yeah. and you start to kind of like, you quit listening you start to think, oh, yeah, you know, that's cool. I'm just going to do what I'm going to do anyway. But thanks for the input type yeah. stuff. And that's just common. You know, it's, it is what it is. And so you, you deal with that shit. You go, okay, no big deal. But that that's something that I thought was a good point that you made. You know, just shut the fuck up. Come train. And maybe, maybe you think you're better than everybody else. But don't. Just do it. Keep training. Get better. Go after things. Yeah, I'm gonna, so, so, <laughs> I've, been a, I've had my four stripe now for – about a little over two years. Yeah. And uh, I still, to this day, I think to myself, fuck, I've been doing this for a decade. I still don't know shit. Yeah. Like, and that's a, that's a cool, that's a cool thing. Like I said, when, once you start getting on the cusp of that brown belt is where you really start to understand that there's more to this than just learning how to be tough or learning how to be like learning how to win and learn how to get like different submissions. You start to see that there's like a, an all-encompassing spiritual aspect to learning this and really getting inside of what makes jujitsu work, and 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 how how it's how it's bigger than 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 just being tough. Well, to to that point, I think it'd be cool to just because we don't we would never really get the chance to talk about this. But Bobby, you went through like the kids' belt system, you know, like oh, you yeah. start like how like when at what age did you start training jujitsu? again because I, uh, I think I, I met you when you were like an orange belt yeah like, i started training when i was like 10 or 11 so oh, i've been Jesus. training like five six years now fuck you um, you're gonna be an animal <laughs> i hate you kid you're gonna be that new crop of uh of just amazing american jiu-jitsu practitioners that just are black belts at 21 that have been training for fucking 12 years hey already. everybody real quick yeah, let's I just thought. all say like fuck bobby real quick let's just all like take turns saying hey bobby go fuck yourself because you're really good but go ahead i'm interested in this myself too tell us tell us some of the things yeah like how did that belt progression feel like like what 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 was the range it was it's different than like now for me since like since i'm a blue belt now like because it takes a lot longer so when i was going through the kids rank i'd be getting like a belt like i wouldn't say like every year because sentinel is 
the slowest belt promoter of all time, but it's, it's different. It's, uh, it's at that time, it feels like everything's just there for fun and you don't care about learning technique as much. But as I like slowly age, I realize like, this is what I need to do. I need to focus on these different things so I can get better and improve my actual jitsu. I'm not just here for fun. Um, and that just comes with like my age as I grew. Do, do so. you feel like uh, there was a definite, I, I get it that, you know, the technique wasn't important. It was just fun and stuff like that. But there's definitely a, a, a need and a desire to get that next belt simply because it's, 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 it's in one of the things that I feel like is great about martial arts in any aspect. And I say this about karate, any fucking aspect you do is what it teaches kids at a very young age is goal attainment. If you do X, Y, Z, you will get this shiny new belt and everyone will shake your hand and, 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 and hug you and tell you you did a great job and your mom will take you and get you an ice cream sundae afterwards. So like, I, I think that, that from that aspect do you, do you feel like as a kid, even despite yourself, you were kind of forced into learning techniques because you wanted to get that belt? Yeah, when, more when I was younger, I just um, like I wanted to learn just so I could get the belt. Right. Until I um became like once I joined the adult class, I think I had to be like thirteen or fourteen when I joined the adult tech, adult class, and from there, like I saw it as an opportunity to focus on getting my blue belt, even though I still had so many years and I knew I had to be 16, but I was not concerned about the belts in between. I just knew that like, yeah, I'll get those belts low, uh, over time at just showing my progression. But once I get my blue belt, I want to make sure I'm ready to be a blue right. belt. Yeah. You yeah. start to understand that it's not just about the belt. It's about what the belt signifies. Yeah. yeah. And, and how, as a, as like a, a juvenile, how many belts did you go through? Cause everyone starts at white belt, but I know their system is a little different. And I, as someone that came in to jujitsu, like in my, in my like late teens, like what, what exactly did that look like? Uh, for the juvenile belt or for the kids belts, it's, uh, white, gray, uh, yellow, orange, green, uh, with, uh, the white, um, this uh white bar then solid and, for each um, for each belt correct like you get yeah, the, yeah, the, you, the segues they don't put stripes yeah. they put stripes on on the on the on the yeah you still you still get stripes it's funny i i wish like I, my roommate actually the kid that i'm living with is actually the kids coach at my academy he has been for shit man he's been a kids coach there for fucking like six years we should get him on and let him talk about this because it's something that, it's just things that i'm curious about like because like I always say this, like, cause I'll take, I'll have two, like, I, I, I don't like to do kids cause I just can't, I don't have it in me. I, do, I just don't have that in me. I understand child psychology, but it's difficult for me as accomplished as a, as a teacher and as a practitioner, as I am to spend, you know, 50% of the time just getting someone to pay attention to me. Like I have grown men that literally like hang off my every word when they take a private lesson from me, you know what I'm talking about? Pay me like 120 bucks an hour to do that. Um, the thing I will say about that is this, in the few instances that I've have trained with a child, I'm talking, you know, you know, eight, 10 years old or whatever. Like I could take an eight year old and I could take a 40 year old man and I could teach them the same, the same exact technique for an hour. 
and uh, you're like the, the the grown man will be hanging off every word I say, like literally, like listen to everything I say, like fucking, like oh my god, like you know, really, really wanting to learn this thing. And the kid will be like spacing out, and I'll have to smack my fingers and maybe sit him in the corner for a second. And like at the end of that hour, it's almost almost a hundred percent. Like the kid will have probably more understanding of what I tried to teach and more retention of what I tried to teach than the adult did. And it's a testament to like how young brains just absorb information. Like they learn to spite themselves. Oh yeah. Uh, I actually helped teach the, the little kids class at the hive, the little stingers class and they're ages three to six. And like, you'll see kids not paying attention the entire time, but somehow they'll still know the technique, right. which it gets annoying. But like, it's crazy that they could not be paying attention. You're telling them constantly, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. And they're just kids. So they're not, they're doing other things, picking their nose, playing with their toes, whatever kids do. And, but they're, they still get the technique down. It's, it's just, Bobby. How it's many odd. of the, how many of the little stingers do you think it would take to, to, stingers, to I love the little names. They come up with things like the little stingers. I've heard like little captains, little generals, Chris is a marketing, little ninjas. Chris is a marketing <laughs> wizard. You gotta, yeah. you gotta give him that. Also, he's just very good with kids. I feel like, you know, whenever I, I get to see him oh, yeah. interacting with the, the kids, uh, Chris is a great guy and he's not here to say otherwise. So we've had him, we've had him on the show. He's a good dude. I like Chris a lot. He was fun. He's a, he's yeah, a fun guy. We just got to get Chris to like Chris. That's like the next goal. <laughs> Chris likes Chris way more. <laughs> Chris, we love you. I, I know that humble act. <laughs> <laughs> Ruben, yeah. do you have, you have any kids, man? You got any kids here? Yeah, man. I got, um, I got two daughters who are actually, uh, we're supposed to be in Tampa right now. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I was gonna take him to the huge wrestling fans. I was gonna take him to WrestleMania. Ah, fuck, dude, don't even bring that up, man. I lost so much. I'm just, I'm, I'm like depressed at the amount of money. My bar, my bar is literally right downtown Tampa, right, right near the stadium. Man, the lightning, oh, man. the Tampa Bay Lightning, we were crushing it. We had the Final Four coming. We had the fucking, we had WrestleMania coming. Like I was going to, to bank, bank, bank. You were gonna buy a, a Porsche. I was, I was gonna buy gonna Porsche. Get... <laughs> this, this was gonna be in. I was gonna put my nest egg away and 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 and, and, and go <laughs> retire. <laughs> yeah, then the virus fucked it all up. Yeah, yeah I was actually supposed to be down there with them. Uh, they train down in Florida right now. My uh, my youngest is really the one who trains the the most. Uh, she'll be yeah. 11, uh, in June, Madeline. Uh, by the way, hi girls. My Maddie. Oh, because they'll be watching. So uh, before you guys hear your father be you know completely degenerate. Um, and now but, uh, yeah, you can stop youngest, listening. <laughs> she, she's trained since uh, she was about four um, with me. At, at, you know we trained. Then I, we came over the hobby a year ago, um, and. Uh, it, it took her to the next level. She's a grand white belt. She took a bronze at American Nationals in July. Uh, she competed up and down all the time. Just love loves the sport, loves competing. And um, said, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's like you said, I mean, watching, especially watching your own kid, it's, uh, it's crazy because it's like at the same time, you're thinking to yourself like, you know, rip that little kid's head off. And at the same time, it's like dad kicks like, oh, my God, I hope my little girls didn't get hurt. But right. How, how, so I, we talked to Bruno Bostas about this when, he, when we had him on. And one of the famous – we should get Rashid on, R- R- freaking Roddy Ferguson yeah. on. I forgot about him. I'm going to get him on. I'm going to get him on for a show because he's yeah, awesome. But in, in particular, I talked about these guys and in, in the, the difficulty that arises when you become coach and father, particularly at a very young age when they're at that vulnerable state where you want to push them out of the, out of the nest and let them go learn how to fly. 
but you also love them so much and, and it tears you apart to see them go through the agony of competition, the winning, the losing, the freaking the, the, the concern for this and that and the, the crying and all those other things like that. How do you deal with that as a father? Because it's different for fathers because mothers I'm not always, but usually mothers are just like, I want my baby safe. I don't care. Win or lose. Yeah. If you win, I love you, but I want safety first. Fathers tend to be like, oh, no, we got to toughen this kid up. We got we to learn how to, how to walk that line. How do you deal with that as a, as a father? It's funny you said that because I, I've sat there and I've coached kid classes at other places, and you watch and you listen to some of these parents, and you listen to them, and you just think to yourself, like, like shut the fuck up. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. And then, God. like, you know, like mine, mine was seven. She came up to me. She was just taking the kids' class, just here and there, you know, just just doing it, just because it was it was our bonding time. And uh, she's like, "Daddy, I want to compete." And I was like, "All right, well, you know, whatever, no big deal." You know, I was like, "Just understand, competition's different. Like, it's you know, you're, you're not you know playing patty cake with your friends on the side. It matters." Uh, we did a tap cancer out tournament a few years ago. It was the first one out in uh, Connecticut. Drove all the way there. It's like six hour drive. And I love my daughter to death. Her first tournament, she got the shit kicked out of every match. I mean, she got the floor wipe with her. And how, how old was she? I'm just curious. When she when she was she seven curious. at the time. Uh, so she's still a baby. Not, not yeah, completely so. a baby, but because but the little, little like, ones, the four and five-year-olds are cute. They don't really yeah. get it. They don't understand it's a competition yet. They just kind of yeah, roll around yeah. and smile and look and shit. But. And, and I saw her cry a couple times because she got submitted. And, like, the other coach, one coach, was, I'll never forget, it was being a real dick. Like, don't lose to a girl. You got oh, Jesus, man. I'm looking at this too. I'm thinking to myself, like, yo, I, I can I can take my stuff off and we can go if you yeah, want. I know. You know, it was like one of those kind of guys, like, you know, he looked like he was 400 pounds and he's never like, you know, even like right. I couldn't fit into like an A12 geek type of guy. Right, right. He's so, he's, uh, he's a jujitsu coach that fucking like he yeah. hasn't done jujitsu in fucking like, years. Like cool, you watch YouTube videos, fuck right, off. Right. Like that right, kind of right. guy. Yeah, exactly. He's a great so, uh, he's a great <laughs> I mean, completely annihilated. And like and my fear wasn't okay. She lost. It's like I'm thinking myself, like you know, she's gonna hate the sport. Right, right. The entire ride home, she was on her iPad with the headphones on, and I'm like, oh man, like this is gonna just suck. Like what? Like I didn't know, you know, Got I right. tried comforting, but try not to be like you know, try like cause splitting the line. It's a fine line you have to walk sometimes. Right. I'm the coach, and uh, the next morning, it was Sunday morning, I'm getting up to go teach kids class, and uh, and she walks out her bag. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm going to class. I'm like, we well, don't have to. You competed yesterday. She goes, yeah, I lost. I was like, it's okay. She's like, losing sucks, dad. What you make Rocky movies for? And <laughs> funny, that's when I tell you, like, that I think that competition was more of an eye opener for her than for me because I kind of like I didn't know how to approach it. I guess just letting her be. Um, ever since then, she, like I said, she took bronze at nationals, she's won, you know, Grappler's uh, Quest, uh, Good Fights. I mean, anything you can think of in the sun, she's won it. She's also lost, but like, she's, you know, it's like this switch popped with her. Like it became, you know, when it's on the match, it's time to go. Like, and then, you know, off the match, she's a kid. And for the longest time, I refused to like compete because I, I myself said, I can't compete and focus on myself. If I have to focus on her, it's, it's too much mentally straining because, like, you know, my first concern as a father, God forbid, you know, she gets hurt, her neck gets, right. you know, gets doubled. You know, cause you see kids all the time, like they'll slam each other and, yeah. And like at a second time too, like a coach, you're trying to like you know sit there and you know listen to my voice, you know follow. It's just uh, it's it's a hard line to separate, but once you figure it out, it's um, I know there isn't another. I don't know how to describe it. Uh, the bond I have with my little girl, just yeah. it's something I can't like. I just can't describe. Like like I, I noticed like if other people coach her, she'll do one of these. Keep looking back, but like 
if I could say it's 100 feet away, she knows exactly it's me, what I'm doing. It's it's like it's like that, you know, it's like I said, that that coach, that right. bond. And, it's, uh, and it, I think it's better because, you know, father-daughter. It's a funny thing because, like, there's there's a weird thing. And, I'm, again, I'm not a father, but I had a very unique relationship with my father. My father and me were very close, and I competed my entire life, and he was always there to watch me compete and always cheer me on. And I could always remember hearing his voice in the background. It's one of my fondest memories. I'm a little teary thinking about it. It's one of my fondest memories of my father that he was always there at every competition, like my biggest cheerleader, and he loved me. Um, but the, the the point I'm trying to make is, is like, as a father, there's a very special, unique feeling of pride that comes to that because like it's a pride that you internalize because you don't like mothers want mothers want the recognition. Mothers want the high mom. Mothers want you to give them a hug. Bill Cosby does a really funny skit about this. I can't talk about Bill Cosby anymore. Whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. Edit that out, Kev. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hit, the, hit, the, hit the bleep button. I'm going to hit the bleep button. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the point of it is, is like there's a unique relationship as a father because a father doesn't care about the fucking the spotlight the father doesn't care about wanting to be like the the doesn't want to live through their kid vicariously sometimes they do and they're assholes like that but a father is just cool with the fact of like that's my kid and inside they're like that's my fucking kid you know you know you understand you understand what i'm yeah, talking about I, I exactly mean. yeah you don't have to you don't have to be there in the spotlight with him but in your mind you know and, and everybody else and you and you, you can like feel it with the other fathers and be like yeah I I think that I've uh, my my dad has been very supportive of my jujitsu, and so is my mom. She hasn't been able to come to any like tournaments or practices, but she's just been very. I've got two very supportive parents for that part of my life, and even though I've never had my mom come to a tournament, just because she's she, like very busy working all the time. Uh, I was when we when we went to the NJ Fed. And uh, Christy was there. She was like the mom for everybody. She was like keeping stuff on lock and like uh, making sure everyone was feeling good and like getting ready. So in a lot of ways, I feel like the team that you're you're training with can be that sort of family. And that's that's like a thing everybody says. But, you know, you never really feel it until it's it's you and you're in that spot and you're needing that that help. And, and a bunch of people are there to help you. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a cool feeling. What, what are some of your experiences? First of all, like we, we, I wanna, before we leave, don't let me forget about talking about being a referee and watching how horrible I hate freaking parents that don't know what the hell they're talking about. That's, that's the freaking – that is the, the – I, I on a daily basis – I was going to so not – parents, like I was going to not talk about yeah. it because I know I, how you get. <laughs> I am disgusted sometimes when I see – when you talked about how like the, the guy you were talking about, don't lose to a girl. Like I am disgusted when I see the way some coaches uh, approach their coaching style in the horrible, horrible, horrible freaking uh, lessons that it teaches these young kids at a very young age that like winning is everything. And like, we're going to go through this entire, like, uh, you know, we're talk trash about our opponents and get loud and angry. It just defeats the entire purpose of child, uh, child development at that stage. And I hate it so much. I hate it, hate it, hate it so much. But anyway, Bobby, <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, I had, I had to live. I had to leave that because I, but I see that shit every fucking day. Bobby, how much do you hate parents? Yeah, how much do you hate parents? <laughs> yeah, Ruben, 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 do you agree with me in that regard? A hundred percent, man. I, I mean, I and I've seen it firsthand. Listen, not as a referee point of view, but I've seen like we're actually, you know, people going against my daughter, and like I'll just look at her and I'll just be like under my breath, like fuck his shit up. Yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> Like, like I used to say it. I used to say FSU. Like she know man. Like because I didn't want to curse him. <laughs> Fuck she, and she would right. just tear this. She's like, "Why'd I do it?" I'm like, "His dad was talking shit." His dad's a dick. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's funny too because like the parents sometimes like I yeah I don't appreciate it. I don't agree with it, and I do my best as a referee to be like, "Hey, y'all need to calm the fuck down." But what I don't like is the actual coaches. Like it's the coaches sometimes that portray that what makes it even worse because when the coach does it the parents are looking for reactions and now they see the coach acting in that manner and the parents get involved and it's like man dude it's an eight-year-old brother this isn't the fucking like nationals of the, the moon dolls here man like let these kids have fun that's what this is all about enjoying the love of competition Anyway, but but yeah, fine. Bobby, you're yeah. as someone Bobby, who's talk been to us about grind, some of your coaching. You've been the kid. You've been yeah. in that that position, and this was back when you only had like you were five, and you only had a goatee and a mustache. <laughs> like, what was it? What was it like for you back? Like, did you experience that at all? <laughs> no, you're still smoking cigars, though. Yeah, you had a stogie. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. No, uh, but I yeah definitely experienced that as being the kid, and like hearing other parents just start screaming nonsense, like telling kids completely like just i don't know how to put this um telling kids things not, uh like just beat them up and do this and yeah and they have no idea what they're talking about because they've never trained but they think if they just spit out fighting words then it's gonna somehow get their their kid to win i as the kid i never really paid attention to that but i've always like and i also have a dad who like doesn't if he hears stuff about that he's not really gonna do anything about it because he knows i don't care about it right ever since i was a kid i never really cared about that but i've always like hated those parents who did that to other people because i've seen kids get upset when other when their parents yell at them to beat up other kids well I, you know it's like that doesn't make them happy i think that part of what makes you like again we start talking about what makes jiu-jitsu great it's the idea of being able to maintain calm and keep yourself in the cortex of your brain instead of going to the limbic system and and, and going in your fight or flight responses and maintaining that level of calm and it's one thing on a training mat it's another completely different thing on the competition mat because you it matters at this point and when you have parents like freaking screaming and accentuating that freaking fervor in in in, in their kids brain you're not helping them you're hurting them. You're, you're instilling wrong. I mean, I guess to a certain degree, you can look at it and say, well, at least it, it teaches you how to deal with 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 that extra stimulus. But well, th- and really, that that's another testament to jujitsu. Because imagine if this was like boxing, and you're telling your kid to tear, uh, like punch another kid unconscious, unconscious. Even though I don't know if headshots are like legal in junior boxing like that. But like at the end of a jujitsu match, you're defeated. You're maybe a little sore. But if you did everything, like if you were smart and you tapped when you needed to, you're all look at the whole guy. Uh, oh, definitely official jujitsu times sorry, mascot. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, at yeah. the end of a jujitsu match, you're demoralized. You're 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 beaten up. But like you're not, you're not. You shouldn't be too injured. You know, like things happen, obviously. But you sh- you should be pretty good. 
it's it's mental it's a mental defeat and i think that's amazing for kids i think it's amazing to get those mental defeats that don't leave you like with physical damage in, as in the way other sports can like football well, you learn- you're getting knocked around yeah. like a, a rag doll like so many like hockey your your brain is bouncing around in the inside of your head like you crash in hockey you crash a part of the game is crashing into boards and they're not they're not like padded yeah, they're they don't just give very they're much. just hard plastic yeah. boards that have glass that sometimes breaks like when you think about that like jujitsu is great for teaching kids that mental like you you were defeated physically it sucked but now you're you're you should be able to get right back up on the horse you yeah. know mentally and you know what kevin to touch on you saying that and i could speak this not just from like you know like you know for instance my own daughter um as you know in december bobby and i went the world so we each competed you know on back to back separate days and one thing i could say is for a 16 year old kid on probably the biggest stage he could be on at that time for jujitsu there wasn't an ounce of nerves that I saw. I mean, like the confidence, like watching him because I was there from, from, you know, the time we left, you know, for, to go the entire time and everything. And the thing I say, just the mental preparation alone, like I said, like you're talking about a 16 year old kid who, if he was doing like, I don't know, some high school sport probably would shit himself in the bathroom or who like, you know, during a math test or whatever, but like watching him about to go out there and fight another human being, like I said, at a world-class level, and not sweat or that. I mean, like when I tell you this kid's preparation and how focused he was, I've I've haven't seen adults like that. And to think of like, and the first thing I said to myself, like this kid's sixteen, like in like five years, I'm fucked. Like, like seriously hurt him just so he doesn't like beat me up. Like I'm gonna have to heal him in a gi and just you know. It's I think uh, I think a lot of that comes from, and this is where we're gonna start seeing like true american jiu-jitsu start to shine when you when it, a part of that comes from just doing jiu-jitsu for so long at a very young age that like it's just like another day like you you know things and again as a child you learn things and you don't like you learn how to speak and you learn how to walk as a child and you never forget those things because they are just permanently ingrained in your mind because your brain is designed to absorb that information at such an accelerated rate at a young age. So when you're jamming into your brain at that young age, all the aspects of jujitsu that you're, that, that are, that are being taught and instilled into you, it makes now when you go out to compete, like that is just such a part of your being that you don't have to sweat it anymore. And I, I understand there's also like you're at the world and there's definitely going to be that exasperation. But what I've noticed is it, 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 it builds almost like a savant like knowledge. And that's why we see all these Brazilians that are so amazing and, and win the world champions because they've been competing and training from fucking, you know, eight years old, 10 years old. It's, it's just a part of them. Bobby, actually, like what, like just from your own perspective, what was it like to compete on that kind of stage as young as you are? That when I went out there that for that for worlds, it didn't feel like anything different. It just felt like I was going for another fight. Uh, but I was so I'm so used to that at this point that it's it's just another day to me. And I mean, yeah, of course, like, oh, cool. I'm in California and everything. And I'm here at the world championship tournament. Like that probably got to me for maybe 10 minutes of my time a week before. And I only got nervous for a little bit. And I had so much other things to be nervous about with that trip because I was paying for everything. 
I had to make sure Ruben made weight. Like, there's so much more stuff I had to deal with. <laughs> I almost died, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely did. I've been a sauna for three hours. But, like, there was so much stuff I had to worry about other than my fight that I already knew I did all my preparation for my fight. So I wasn't really worried about it. It was just another another fight for me. Oh, so uh, real quick, uh, shout out to Scotty Karate and the other guys at Legion <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu, Keenan School. Uh, you guys stopped there to to help prepare yeah. for Worlds. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, we, we trained with Andreas, Scott. Let me tell you, man, like Andreas is – we both got to roll with him. First of all, amazing class, great dude, great school. I wish Keenan on but the best, man. I, it was – like I messaged him a week earlier. It's like, you know, come on down. It was such a cool atmosphere. Like me and Bobby walked in were like, like, holy shit, this place is huge. And then like – I mean, we trained with Andreas, hung out with him afterwards. It was like such a – just such such a cool like I said I I you know I made the comment to Bobby Wago when we go back out for worlds again like that's where I want to go train and like hang out like it was such a cool vibe um he was such a cool dude and then like you know I I felt like such fucking like my jujitsu of ten years was garbage after I rolled with him for like five minutes because like <laughs> me and he barely broke a sweat you know? I felt like I've, everything uh, I've learned was out the window I've never I've never met Keenan but I've met Josh Hanger and a couple of guys out there before Keenan seems like a pretty good dude there's some good drama going on with Keenan but maybe we won't touch on Cord, that yeah right. I think that we'll save that for the next episode we'll save that for the next episode just because I mean uh, yeah, no, Bobby. Why did yeah. you do that, man? Why did you start uh, beef you between know, Gordon and Keenan, man? Jesus, Bobby, it's just instinct for me to cause problems. You know? Bobby, <laughs> I don't even know I started them, but I just did. We we Chris, we, I know we talked a lot about uh, belt demotions in the last episode, but Chris needs to bump you down to orange belt, man. Like this is this is ridiculous. This is <laughs> I the IBJJF wouldn't allow that, so I'm stuck here. You know? I, <laughs> the IBJJF wouldn't He's allow. Too that. Old. He's too old. He's too old. He'll just be a blue belt till he's 30. Uh, yeah. I mean, oh yeah, I think we need to freeze your account, like freeze your uh your thing. <laughs> and I'm just gonna be like Ruben, right. the same belt for like four years. Ooh, <laughs> and on that little tasty bit of, of, of spitfire, I think it is good to to bring this edition of the this episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast to a close. Uh as always, I have been your host, Kevin Bradley, uh, joined by my co-host, Kevin Gallagher. Ruben, Bobby, thank you so much for, for stopping by. You guys have any closing remarks? Uh, I just want to give a shout-out to my sponsor at KO Kimonos. Um, you know, awesome. Thanks for, you know, everything. And, uh, you know, Bobby, I fucking hate you. Yeah. <laughs> we all do, just Bobby, you suck. Jesus, man. I don't even know you. I don't like you now, kid. Jesus. <laughs> Kevin, you're officially hey, a member of the love the show. Love watching you guys too, by the way. Hey man, this is this is a good show, man. I appreciate you guys coming on. This was fun. It was I I appreciate having uh, uh, some of the conversations we had with you about the purple belt, what it means, and, and just some of like, you. your aspects and your, your introspects on, uh, on, uh, on, on having kids in jiu-jitsu. I thought it was good. And then Bobby. You're fucking awesome. I'm gonna hate you in a couple of years. I'm gonna roll with your ass here pretty soon just to fucking see what I'll Kevin, like. like I think like like you know, like first rule of the hive is hating Bobby. So you're like you're you're an unofficial <laughs> member of the hive family, I feel like. I have <laughs> seen nothing but an awesome kid from you, Bobby. Just keep training. Yeah, no, he's great. That's why we hate him. That's like he's, he's too good and like he's his beard is too full. Like you gotta hate him. Look at this guy. I'm terrible. He's got too many swords. 
Like you got that sword in the background there. <laughs> a lightsaber. Oh, man. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us. We'll see thank you, you guys. next Appreciate time. It, man. Thank, thank you. Thank you guys very much.